like nostalgic movie review from Nerdy. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, and welcome back to New Nostalgic Movie Reviews. I'm David. And I'm Steven. And today we are looking at Steven's pick, Equilibrium. This is a 2002 film. It's rated R, and it's an hour and 47 minutes. Uh, For the quick synopsis, uh, in an oppressive future where all forms of feeling are illegal, a man in charge of enforcing the law rises to overflow the system and state. Yes. For the cast and crew, we have uh, writer-director Kurt Wimmer. And then for the cast, we got Christian Bale, uh, Sean Bean, Emily Watson, Tay Diggs, uh, and Sean Pertwee. Oh, and also Angus McFadden and uh, William Fitchner is in this too. Yes. This movie's got a pretty good cast, honestly. Like, for something I have actually, like, never seen before, especially this movie coming out in 2002, I was like, oh. Because I knew, I knew Christian Bale was in this, but I didn't know, like, Sean Bean was in it. I didn't know Dominic Purcell or Tate Diggs was in it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of those movies. Like, unfortunately, it had a weird release when it first came out. Like, the movie was officially finished, like, two years before uh, it got released. And it actually was Uh, only in theaters overseas and like, you know, Europe and Asia and whatnot. Um, And it did really well. And it did so well, in fact, that um, instead of putting it in theaters in the U.S., because apparently the company was worried about it doing poorly, they just released it straight to video, just put it straight to DVD. And so it kind of got this cult following and you know, something that people would see in like Hollywood video or blockbuster and think, you know, Oh, it's like a matrix clone or something, you know, they could take a look at. Yeah. But yeah. Very, very interesting movie. <laughs> I'll say, I guess, are we ready to get into our best performance? Yeah. So who do you think had the best performance of this movie? I mean, I don't want to point out the obvious, but I will. Um, I have, I have a, <laughs> I have a couple. My main one is, of course, Christian Bale. I think, I mean, he just does so amazing. And I I think the main reason for that is when he starts out the film, I mean, he is emotionless and he's playing that cleric, just not allowed to feel anything. And he is just ruthless. And watching his transformation throughout the film, when he starts to learn emotion and go through that, like just seeing the small little changes he does in his mannerisms. And even when he still has to hide that he is starting to Mm -hmm. gain feelings, he does really well at acting like he's hiding it. He still has that zero emotion. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I have to agree. I also loved Christian Bale's performance in this. Like it's just spectacular. I mean, I always think he's an incredible actor in almost everything he does, but (laughs) yeah. And he made this, you know, this was around the same time, a few years before, you know, he had done American Psycho and he had done another mm-hmm. movie. I think it was called like Rain of Fire or something. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. But he had very similar physique in those three movies. Like he got really ripped for American Psycho. And I think that carried over into this where he still had, you know, was able to do a lot of the action stunts and stuff. Because after this, he went on and did 
uh, what's that movie where he's like the drug addict and he lost a lot oh, of weight for? That's the machinist, right? The machi- yeah, the machinist. And then after the machinist, he bulked up to over 200 pounds for Batman. Yeah, he's one of those actors that does crazy body transformations for his roles. Like, mm-hmm. like I think for the machinist, he went down, I think it was 98 pounds, if I'm right. It was either that or like 111 pounds or something like that. Like, he went down a lot. And then he yeah, bulked up to like over 200 for Batman or close yeah, to 200. Was, uh, yeah, I think it was close to or over, but just the, the transformation. I mean, he's a very dedicated actor. Oh, yeah. The other performance in this movie I really enjoy. I like Tay Diggs. I think okay. he does really well, even though, and, and I, I really conflicted with putting Tay Diggs here because Fair. I, I like his performance, but he does really bad at doing what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to be a cleric that like the best cleric aside from Christian Bale's character. Yeah. And though he showed, like he still showed a lot of emotion like he was yeah. like cracking jokes he would crack sm- he would smile or even show anger and it's like dude you're supposed to be the most emotionless person <laughs> so i mean i like his acting in the movie i enjoyed his performance but for he the just part, has too big of a smile <laughs> exactly he didn't play the part really well but i enjoyed it <laughs> for for me the other performance that really stood out for me it was the uh, actually more of a minor performance but it was matthew harbour who was robbie preston uh john's son i think john's son christian bale's son in this movie was just phenomenal honestly like especially because at the beginning of the movie you really think that he's also this like crazy emotionalist person like almost more than his father like he's even like around the house making sure that his father's doing this right and doing that right and father should i i saw emotion in this person should i uh go ahead and like tell the elders about it yes you should definitely do that right away father you you spilled your thing you should go to the place to get more of your medicine right away and it's like yes yes i will and it's like doing all these things but then later when you find out that the kid was also not taking the medication it kind of threw me for a loop and i was like wow like that was all acting that entire time like that's crazy yeah yeah definitely pretty enjoyable (laughs) and i i mean i would love to say like i loved sean bean's performance but he's just not in the movie long enough for me to say i like his performance that's fair i also was thinking the same thing with uh emily watson's performance because like the few scenes that she is are pretty good and convey a lot of emotion convey a lot of feelings especially with the interrogations with Christian Bale, but she's just not in the movie enough for me to be like, Oh, I absolutely love this. Exactly. A lot of these parts are so small. It's it's just really hard, but you know, Christian Bale being in, you know, 99% of the movie, (laughs) he he shines. He's, Oh yeah. He does a really great job from here. Do we want to move on to our favorite moments? Favorite moments? Yes. What moments did you enjoy? Uh, one of my favorite favorite moments of this movie is the I think it's the morning after, or the second morning after he stopped taking the prosium, and he starts actually getting emotions and stuff back. It's raining, and he like wakes up and he notices like the window is like covered with this like paper or film, so he starts scratching at it, and then he starts ripping it all off, and then he sees the rain and the sunrise or the sunset or whatever it was, and he just starts like bawling. 
And I think that is just such an impactful scene. It's such a beautiful scene. It really shows like how suppressed his emotions were and how long they were suppressed because of just this gut instinct reaction of, oh my God, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like, why have I not allowed myself to feel these ways? Like, holy crap. What I, what I love about that scene is it's not that he's just like, experiencing emotions that were suppressed it's this is the first time that he is experiencing emotion you know from childhood he had never known what emotion is so he with Mm -hmm. him finally missing that dose and experiencing emotion for the first time i love that scene because of that and also before that scene the movie was so kind of dark and gloomy And with this scene and scenes following this, as he's learning more emotion or experiencing more emotion, a lot more vibrant colors and just the contrast of color is showing through much more because he is actually experiencing emotion. And I really love that. So I'd agree with you on that scene. That one just is it's so special in so many different ways. And there's a lot of different scenes where you can like like when he also Uh, later in the movie where they find that compound in that woman's house where she had like the records and stuff like that. And he plays the music and he just sits and cries listening to music for the first time. Listening to that Beethoven, baby. (laughs) Yeah. So, so precious. Yeah. I think uh, a couple of my favorite scenes, uh, I love the reveal at the end where he goes to grab his hidden stash and, you know, his kid shows up behind him holding his pilot, like his medicine saying, you got to be more careful with this. And then him realizing that both of his children have been off of the drug for a significant amount of time. Yeah. They've been experiencing it too. So, and I just love that, you know, the kids like, so what are you going to do now? And he's like, what I have to, and they both kind of smirk at each other. Mm-hmm. Really think that's a great scene. Uh, other than that, and I love every single action scene in this movie <laughs> that's, the, that's really funny i actually put fight scenes as just my favorite scenes <laughs> every scene is so creative and the editing it's so early 2000s like yes. action movie editing and i love they actually call it the style of fighting for the clerics is called gun kata in this yeah. movie the mix of gun, like uh, kung fu and gunplay and whatnot and i just love it some of the editing's really like fast and sharp mm-hmm. and kind of funny and i think it tries to the movie acts cooler that like it thinks it is cooler than it is yeah. like it tries to very early 2000s action but i love the action scenes in this it's oh, just I mean, so fun yeah some of the gun kata scenes honestly remind me a lot of the matrix especially with like when when you watch like the agents in the matrix and they're like doing that like fidgeting thing like they're like moving so much at once Dodging. and it's like showing the after images moving as well that's how the gun kata is with his arms sometimes they're just like flailing like 800 miles an hour and you're like where is his arms going <laughs> yeah you notice that like in the first scene uh when he breaks through that door and all the lights are out and it shows him moving his hands and just stopping at certain points to shoot And as he's doing that, his hands are moving faster than everything else. So it just looks kind of funny. But it's awesome. The action in this is just stupid and awesome. And I love it. I I agree full heartedly. There were so many movies in that time that were trying to be basically Matrix clones, trying to get their own spin on it. And out of all those movies, you know, like this Ultraviolet and a few of those others. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I think this movie is the best 
I don't I don't want to say it's a Matrix clone because I think it is much more than that. Yeah, but it is the best quote unquote clone. I, I get what you're saying with that. Is that pretty much it for your favorites, or do you have any more that you want to talk about? I do love, I guess, a mini. This is not necessarily one specific scene, but I love the the similarities between when he first notices uh, Partridge, which is Sean Bean's character, you know, showing emotion and he's hiding the book and saying he's going to yeah. destroy it later. I love the similarities as later in the film when John Preston is caught by Brant putting the book in his po- you know, pocket. You know, it's like the same scene, but different. I, I, yeah. I love that. I, I also did like the the dog that he like takes in and he tries to like steal which I didn't know this going into this because I thought like all the dog sounds were real, but apparently there was no actual dog sounds in this entire movie. It was a guy who could mimic dogs really well. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> so I laughed pretty hard at that, but I, I, I do like, I, that was another action scene that I really enjoyed was when he gets caught with the dog. Oh, at the nighttime when it's in his Yeah. Trunk. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. And uh, like, Especially because, you know, he gets to keep the dog. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's like it's like a puppy Bernie's mountain dog. Yep. My heart. (laughs) (laughs) Such a cute puppy. I guess is that all you have for favorite moments? Yeah, I think so. What's next? Next week we have David's pick with everything everywhere all at once. That's def- <laughs> definitely uh, watch that movie without giving away my feelings for it. Just just watch it. Yeah. And we'll talk about it next week. But definitely, if you can and you're listening to this right now, go ahead, watch it before listening to our review. We're going to make the caveat at the end or at the beginning of that episode as well for people. But that was the movie you probably should go into blind. It's if you have any interest at all, just go watch it blind. Definitely. So I guess with that, you ready to move on to the spoilers? Let's sum it up. I broke it down just a little bit. I have, in a futuristic world, a regiment has eliminated war by suppressing emotions. Books, art, music, they are all strictly forbidden, and feeling is a crime punishable by death. Uh, Cleric John Preston, Christian Bale's character, is a top-ranking government agent responsible for destroying those who resist these rules. We find out uh, that his wife was executed for committing a sense offense, which is what they call when you share feelings or you show feelings and john never really was quite the same after that um but he still was able to compose himself um but being that john is already under scrutiny for not suspecting his wife and being for for being a sense offender he sets out to check out his partner that he suspects might also be a sense offender and has been lying to him yeah he does find out that sean bean's character um, was lying to him and he was uh, stealing some like poetry and other things and going out leaving the compound to go read poetry and do these other things in hiding and in secret um, he f- confronts him and he gets told that he feels like everything they do is wrong and that they should live in a place with emotion and he reads some poetry to John in that moment and I really do like the poem that he read to him um, and it's talking about like dreams and not treading on your dreams and be careful what you do when treading on other people's dreams and stuff like that it's a really really interesting poem parts of the movie 
uh, I really love the introduction of everything that's going on. It really gives those vibes of kind of like, uh, did you ever read, was it George Orwell's 1984? Uh, I remember like skimming through the book, but I didn't really read a lot of the high school books. <laughs> I was, I was bad student. <laughs> A, a quick way to summarize this movie is like basically taking 1984 and the matrix and mushing them together. Okay. Uh, you know, the, just the introduction of how it's talking about like this totalitarian government and how it's, you know, so repressive and talking about war is caused by emotion and feeling and how they, they have this ideology that without emotion, there will be no war. So it's, yeah. a, it's a really interesting introduction, how they talk about it. And uh, like, apparently, uh, like a little fun fact, the a lot of the scenes where it shows all the groups of people like outdoors and you see all those pillars and you see, uh, you know, fathers standing at the top of the stairs talking and preaching over all that crowd. Apparently, yeah. some of these locations were like actually shot in like Berlin and kind of give a similar vibe to you know a, a oh. certain uh, <laughs> a certain group you know from a certain war in the uh or early to the 1900s yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah. what i'm talking about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh so i kind of like that similarity there but i i don't know i really enjoy the introduction of this movie i think it introduces everything really well and i think the back and forth between john preston and uh partridge are really interesting and i i love when he confronts him in that church and partridge just reads him that poem yeah and it's like it's it's almost jaw-dropping but yeah it, it's very very unique and it's very well done and it's kind of one of those things where i was like oh yep sean bean died again damn <laughs> you know it's funny and i don't know if this is true or not we this is just from observation but yeah. the slow motion shot of when he shoots through the book and kills sean bean right yeah there's that above camera angle and it shows partridge falling down that doesn't look like sean bean from that above angle all the other angles look like sean oh bean, okay but for some reason that above view i'm curious if that was a stunt double i mean it could have been maybe he just wasn't there for shooting that day or something like i have no idea but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was him and it just looks weird, but the, yeah. like, like anyone listening to this, if you watch the movie, like let us know if you think <laughs> that's Sean Bean, that above view, you see just the top of him falling down. And when you see his face, to me, it doesn't look like him. I'll have to take a look at that again. Maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> um, but to continue with the summary after that, he, it really forces John to think a lot about things. And that night he's about ready to take his next dose of prosium, which is the drug that suppresses their emotions that they have to take several times a day. They inject it into their neck and he does something where he like twitches and like his hand bumps the vial off of the counter and it falls onto the ground and it spills out everywhere. And his son mentions it right away. It says like, you should get a refill but then he kind of like sits there and thinks to himself and I, th I don't know if it was just because of his partner doing it or if he just got curious or if he just like started having other like emotions and seeing things differently. But he decides just not to go get some more prosium and decides not to start taking them again. 
and starts hiding them behind the mirror. Like he takes out the entire mirror fixture, cabinet fixture with the mirror, and then just like hides his prosium in there from for a while. Part of me wonders. Sorry to no. Go ahead. Um, part of me wonders if his hesitation also comes from the dream he had the night before. Oh yeah, because like he was having the dream, dreams right? of his wife. Yeah. yeah, and so I think that part of like you know he was he woke up thinking about that dream and you know knocks off that that vial of you know the prosium and I think it goes through his head like what if I don't what if I miss one dose what if I just yeah. don't take it well and I wondered that too honestly because like when you get flashbacks of what happened and like when he's being talked to by the director dude or whatever about it and it's like why weren't you able to sense this in the beginning of the movie uh, or why weren't you able to know this when you're like the top cleric we've ever had how did that get past you and you kind of just see like there's times where he's almost like fighting an emotion at that point like mm-hmm. the prosium's not enough to fight how deep of an emotional reaction he's having at that moment right <laughs> yeah one yeah. well, I feel like with any drug, you know, after a while, you start getting intolerance used to the dosage. Mm-hmm. And so, like, uh, even towards in the first 20 minutes in the movie, in uh, on one of the giant TVs in the city, you even see an ad for Prosium 2. Yeah. So, like, they're making a stronger dosage that you're required to take instead of the original Prosium. So, you know, even they are sensing that, you know, more people need to take it. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, he starts not taking this and Preston, uh, who has been trained to enforce the strict laws of the new regiment, suddenly becomes the one capable of overthrowing it. He finally seeks out and finds the underground who has also been keeping tabs on him and kind of seemed like almost let him, let them find him <laughs> or him find them, I guess. It, because they think that he's probably the best and most capable person to help them with their cause in destroying Prosium and taking down the totalitarian government and finally allowing feelings and art and love and everything to enter the world again because this underground group all has been living underground <laughs> together and they've all been living without the Prosium and they I absolutely love it. They love being able to have all these things hidden to the world, but they don't want to be in hiding anymore. They want to have everyone in the world experiencing this. And they feel that this government taking away their sense of being a human. Cause I think that's even something that Sean Bean's character even says, like, what are we doing as humans? If we're not feeling like, what are we living for? Like, yeah. and that's, that's a big question a lot in this movie is what are we living for? Like, what's the end goal? If we get, all of the art destroyed. What's next? What are we going to do after that? And that's asked several different times. Like, what is the end goal if we destroy everything? Like, what happens then? Do we just start destroying people? Like, what gets destroyed after that? My, my kind of summary of it, I didn't go fully into the ending and stuff. I wanted to talk a little bit about that later because that's the name I want to talk about in our next section. Mm-hmm. But The father, which I don't know. Do you mind if I talk about Oh, go for it. Bit? Go for it. Uh, you know, we end up finding out that father and DuPont, who is supposed to be like the right wing man under him, you know, yeah, 
right-hand man. They're both one in the same. Apparently, the original father died years ago, and Dupont's been basically masquerading as father and taking over that mantle, you know, yep. that. Um, But I think one thing that I find interesting about the character is, you know, they are, the government is forcing everyone to take these drugs to suppress emotions, but yet Dupont slash father is, yeah, he's one of the only people not taking drugs and it's that whole you know i am above the law i am the top power so i don't need to do it and so he gets to experience all these feelings and basically control the whole rest of the world with while being a hypocrite you know he even has art in his office (laughs) yeah i mean i just find it interesting it's uh you know similar to stuff in real life you know the For power sure. <laughs> thinks they're above the law so always you ready to move on to the next yeah. section I'm ready for that a little off the top uh do you have anything that you feel like would be good to cut from this not much i think i really enjoy the movie uh i think it's well paced i think one of the things i would cut it's really funny because i say i really you know one of my favorite moments was the reveal of the kids having yeah. feelings one thing I would cut from the movie are the kids. I would cut the daughter. The the daughter, there's no reason for her to be there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I would even cut the son. I, I think they're a waste of space in the movie, which is funny because yeah. I really enjoy that reveal scene. And I think that's the only scene I really enjoy. Like, And I, I like the beginning when he's, you know, he almost seems like an antagonist to his dad, you know, the, yeah. the young boy, but... I just think the kids are you you can have the same movie with or without them. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean that's fair. I mean you made similar arguments in Dickie Roberts where you're talking about the father and the ex girlfriend. They're they're good for one scene towards the end of the movie, but the whole setup of those characters is not worth the the reveal or the end goal that you get from it. <laughs> I do think the son in this movie is leagues more important than the husband and girlfriend <laughs> from I, I mean, I agree, but I, I just got similar vibes. <laughs> you can make an argument for the girlfriend, but the husband in Dickie Roberts, I think, is completely yeah. pointless. But back to this, I think that's probably one of the only few things I would cut is probably okay. the kids. Because, I mean, he can explore realizing what emotion is and have another, like, I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. I don't think the kids are completely necessary. That's fair. Uh, I think for me, towards the end of the movie where you have Tay Diggs' character, like, capture him and bring him in, and then he does that whole spiel in front of Dupart or whatever his name was, and then he's like, no, but it was actually Tay Diggs was the problem, and he believes him, and he's like, all right, take him away and execute him or whatever, and then that was all fake. And then he coming back yeah. in the next scene, he's like, ah, I made you think that you were safe, ha 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 ha. It was a fake out. <laughs> I, did, I didn't like that. And I think it was also probably was part of the performance of Tay Diggs himself. Like we said, I don't think he mm-hmm. encapsulated the emotionalist feeling like Christian Bale and a lot of others did where he was hiding his emotions very well. So and maybe he wasn't hiding his emotions well because maybe he works right underneath the father, quote unquote, and he also wasn't suppressing his emotions. If that's the case, I wish they would have spelled it out. Yes. Because, like, with DuPont, like, they flat out show that yeah. 
he is not taking it and he's also the father but with tay dick's character brand yeah I, I don't think it adds up and i can agree with you that scene it's it feels just kind of awkward yeah it really does like it felt like a really weird way to end the movie and the idea that john preston didn't realize it was a double cross yeah because like when everything happens he's like haha it was brand the whole time and it shows like the flashback of him switching the handguns which i thought that was pretty brilliant with the first yeah (laughs) which was cool but then after like it all goes down and they take Brant out and he's like, it's all a mistake. And Preston's staying there like, well, that was easy. Staples button. Like, yeah. I don't know. You think like, wow, that was too easy in a sense. Like, how did you not see that double cross? Yeah, woman? Like, I don't know. The, the fake out. Like, I thought the way that John Preston handled that was honestly super amazing and super well done. And the whole reveal that he switched the guns way earlier was perfect. And then they just take that and they're just like never mind <laughs> that doesn't matter and i'm like what? i do no. like when the reveal of that happens and you get the explanation of why mm. and how it happened from dupont i like his ex uh explanation like yeah. saying that you know almost saying like i purposefully made sure that yeah you would start feeling emotion yeah so that you would break and help us find the underground you know like i enjoyed that part i did too and that was an interesting thing but yeah but the whole (laughs) yeah yeah i just i don't know i i guess i didn't really care for tay diggs character to be underneath dupont as much and be so much a part of that second interaction with the father yeah but the silly final showdown fight scenes between brant and john preston and then dupont and john preston are pretty good are (laughs) yeah um the other thing is it's not something i would necessarily cut it's almost something i would add um i really there's a lot of reading uh exposition at the beginning of this movie and it goes pretty quickly it's a little hard to follow exactly what they mean with it and like you get grasp of it once you start watching the movie like i think like 10 15 minutes into the movie i was like oh okay this is what they mean by all those things but i think almost like maybe a little bit of added things like it almost seems like there was maybe some like deleted scenes that were cut that could have explained some of the other things a little bit better and explained maybe the way the world used to be or something like i just wish there was a little bit more because i don't even think i realized this movie was set in like i think it's set in like 20 2072 until i read about that later oh okay see i i feel differently um I feel like the beginning of the movie, like it, it explained it well enough to understand what's going on. And I mean, they talk about it briefly, but before, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're talking about the wars that were going on and everything and showing footage. I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's a point where you have just enough explanation and also leaving it a little, you know, to let your audience yeah. figure it out. Like, I don't want to be spoon-fed the information. I feel like if there was any more added, it might feel that way. Like, they're just... that. Like, it would feel like a lore dump or something that it's like, it's just too much. I like, I like the way they handled the opening. I, I also like show, don't tell. I, I, I'd rather be shown what they were meaning at the beginning of this movie than just having to read it. Like, like you can give me that same story 
in that same amount of time probably without having me just sit and read text scrolls over several paragraphs and stuff. I don't know. They had a voiceover, didn't they? I don't remember. I don't think so. I like I like the so like the the footage that they're talking yeah. about and like they're explaining the world of everything that's going on. Yeah. Like that's a lot of the show don't tell that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean besides that that's I, the only I problems I have. <laughs> I think the the main point I would agree with you there like some movies I don't mind text at the beginning. But there are definitely other movies where it's like, don't put a giant text block for me to read. Like, yeah. That's kind of a ridiculous way to start a movie. I, I feel like some movies do it well, though. Like, it was fun in the very first, like, original trilogy of Star Wars movies. But then after that, I was just like, I'm not reading this much at the beginning of a movie. Like, I'm here to watch something, not read something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's pretty much everything I have for the movie. Final thoughts and read. Ratings for this movie, I honestly think this is a this is at least a must watch. I think I think a lot of people, if you are a fan of those two thousands action movies, if you're a fan of Christian Bale, I think you will enjoy this. I think this movie has a lot of really good things in it and an amazing, amazing performance from Christian Bale. Like we both can't say that enough. So I think this is definitely a must-watch. I did buy this movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. I probably will watch it a couple of different times throughout my life, but it's probably not going to... I'll probably watch The Matrix more than I will love this. <laughs> I'd agree with you. I feel very similarly. Like I think it is well worth a watch. Definitely watch it wherever you can. Um, unfortunately, right now, streaming-wise, it's only available on Pluto. Mm. And I think it's like with ads or if you own like, you know, the pay for Pluto without ads or whatever. But um, other than that, you have to either rent it somewhere or buy it. And personally, like I probably would buy it. You know, I think it's worth owning, uh, but definitely worth a watch. Like it on top of being a fun action movie, it definitely gets you thinking. Oh, yeah. Like it has a lot of those moments where just lets you ponder so yeah. i don't know it's a really enjoyable movie definitely watch it so yeah that was uh equilibrium i hope you guys enjoyed that and we will see you again next week for everything everywhere all at once bye